This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, the major vaccine news. Why did the government pause the use of Johnson & Johnson's COVID shot? And the questions about what caused the rare but dangerous blood clots. The dramatic action by the CDC and FDA after six women got sick. One dies. Tonight, we ask Dr. Anthony Fauci for answers. Is the J&J shot safe and what symptoms to be on the lookout for? The charges and the resignations. Tonight, the fallout after Dante Wright is shot dead by police. Why the police chief just resigned and could the 26-year veteran officer who shot Wright face imminent charges? Breaking news leaving Afghanistan. President Biden to announce an end to America's longest war, pulling all U.S. troops out by the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. The Chauvin trial. The defense begins its case, but the big question tonight, will the former officer take the stand? Lying in honor. A widow's pain. The emotional tribute to Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans. What the president told the officer's family. Break in the case. A father and son arrested in the disappearance of Kristen Smart, who went missing a quarter of a century ago. Radioactive release. Inside the Japanese plan to dump contaminated water from the wrecked Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean. And heroic rescue. When a car flipped in a canal, the life-saving decision with no time to spare. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with what could be an extraordinary setback in the race to vaccinate Americans. Tonight, the FDA and CDC have asked states to temporarily halt giving shots of Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine after six women who got the shot developed a rare blood clotting disorder. 
one of the women died. The FDA says it's pausing use of the shot out of an abundance of caution while it examines any links between clots and the vaccine. It says the review will likely last just a few days. It's also worth noting that more than 7 million people have gotten the J&J vaccine, making cases of the unusual reaction less than one in a million. Still, tonight the announcement is alarming for those who've received the Johnson & Johnson shot and further stoking fears among those who are hesitant to get vaccinated at all. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is joining us to answer your questions in just a moment. But first, CBS's Jerika Duncan is going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York. Good evening, Jerika. Good evening to you, Nora. While the occurrence of these blood clots appears to be extremely rare, this pause really allows health officials to figure out what happened and also warn doctors about the symptoms. Also tonight, we're learning that Johnson & Johnson will delay its rollout in Europe. Tonight, pressing pause. Americans are being turned away from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Some offered Pfizer or Moderna instead after the stunning announcement that six women developed a rare blood clot in the brain after getting the vaccine. This is a recommendation and it's not a mandate. It's uh, out of an abundance of caution. Within hours, one by one, every state followed the doctor's orders. But even with millions of doses now on hold, the J&J vaccine makes up less than 5% of the more than 190 million recorded shots in arms in the United States to date. The women affected also had low levels of blood platelets. Their symptoms began 6 to 13 days after they got the shot. One woman died, another is in critical condition. And there's a striking similarity. All were of childbearing age. The FDA says they do not see a link between clotting and oral contraceptives. The women who developed this disorder, this rare disorder, were between the ages of 18 to 48. What does that tell you? Uh, there may be something related to hormones. We just don't understand it enough yet. Sabra Klein with Johns Hopkins studies the different ways men and women respond to vaccines. These types of events should be a call that we need to be comparing the responses and the outcomes between men and women. Health officials say people who have received the J&J &J vaccine in the last three weeks should look out for symptoms like shortness of breath, abdominal pain, severe headaches, and leg pain. It could be a sign of a more serious problem. One shot and one shot only. More than 7 million Americans have received the J&J &J vaccine. About 10 million more doses are circulating throughout the country. Last month, J&J &J suffered another blow when 15 million vaccine doses were ruined after being contaminated at a Baltimore manufacturing plant. What are the chances that this vaccine is removed altogether? Oh, I think that's very, very unlikely. I mean, this is a very safe and effective vaccine. The chances that we'll remove this, I think, is extraordinarily low. And I don't think it would be warranted based on the data we have. And we are just learning that the CDC is now investigating the death of a Virginia woman who had the J&J &J vaccine last month. Meanwhile, Pfizer is ramping up production of its vaccine in hopes of getting more doses out sooner than expected. Nora. Jerika Duncan, thank you. Let's now bring in Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci is President Biden's chief medical advisor. And Dr. Fauci, we're really glad you're here to help explain what this really means. So people who just got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine are worried. What should they look out for? Well, it depends on when they got it. It appears that this adverse event occurs 
within uh, between six days and 13 days. So if you're beyond four weeks and you've had it a month or two ago, I, I think you really don't need to worry about anything. If you are in the time frame of within a week or two of having gotten vaccinated, remember one thing. This is a very rare event. It's less than one in a million. Having said that, you still want to be alert to some symptoms such as severe headache, some difficulty in movements or some chest discomfort and difficulty breathing. These are women of childbearing age. Does this suggest that could be hormonal? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we want to investigate. There have been similar types of phenomena that have occurred during pregnancy. Clotting abnormalities are known in women who take birth control pills. So certainly there could be a hormonal aspect to this. You pointed out this is less than one in a million chance that you may have this symptom. It's very, very rare. But will this fuel vaccine hesitancy? Well, certainly that is a concern. The question that is often asked, Nora, does this have anything to do with the other vaccines, the mRNAs from Moderna and from Pfizer? You know, absolutely not. There's no negative or adverse or red flag signal coming from any of those vaccines, which is very good news. In other words, they are very safe. All right, Dr. Fauci, thank you. Thank you, Nora. It's always good to be with you. And there are some new developments tonight to report on the shooting death of Dante Wright in Minnesota. The officer who allegedly mistook her gun for a taser is resigning. So is her boss, the police chief. And Wright's mother is opening up about her final frantic phone call with her son. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports from Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Two days after the fatal encounter with Dante Wright, two resignations and possible criminal charges. The officer who fired the fatal shot, Kim Potter, and Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon both turning in their badges. I'm hoping that this will help uh, bring some calm to to the community. Tonight, new details about Potter, a 26-year police veteran. She was training another officer when Wright was pulled over for an expired tag. Officers discovered he had an outstanding warrant and struggled with Wright as they tried to handcuff him. But instead of a taser, Potter pulled her pistol and fired. Many question how the veteran officer could confuse a brightly colored taser, like the one in this photo, with a much heavier and darker colored handgun. Officers are trained to not look at their weapons, but to focus on the suspect. If they're reacting very quickly because there's a fast-breaking situation, they're not going to perceive the color before they uh, actually fire the taser. In the last 20 years, there have been 18 cases where an officer confused their weapons and fired at suspects. Five died. Two officers have been charged. Wright's mother told supporters that she was on the phone with the woman in Dante's car moments after the shooting. And it was on a FaceTime. And she said, she was crying and screaming, and she said that they shot him. And my son was laying there, unresponsive. That was the last time that I seen my son. There is a curfew in effect in Minneapolis and St. Paul, but not here in Brooklyn Center. And you can see behind me, there's already several hundred protesters that say they plan to be here for a while. The Washington County District Attorney, the DA that will be in charge of the case, says he will decide by tomorrow if criminal charges will be filed against Potter. Nora? Ah, possible criminal charges. All right, Omar Villafranca, thank you. 
And just a few miles away in Minneapolis, Derek Chauvin's murder trial has reached a key point. After 11 days and 38 prosecution witnesses, the defense is now trying to convince the jury that Chauvin did nothing wrong and that George Floyd died because of his drug use and health problems. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. Today, the prosecution rested and the defense immediately began building its case, calling on use of force expert Barry Broad. I felt that Derek Chauvin was justified and was acting with objective reasonableness. Defense attorney Eric Nelson addressed head-on Derek Chauvin's decision to keep George Floyd handcuffed and prone, kneeling on his neck for more than nine minutes. In your opinion, was this a use of deadly force? It was not. Police officers don't have to fight fair. They're allowed to overcome your resistance by going up a level. But during cross-examination, the prosecution wasted no time in questioning Brott's judgment. What part of this is not compliant? So I see his arm position in the picture that's posted. Right. That, you know, a compliant person would have both their hands in the small of their back and just be resting comfortably versus like he's still moving around. Did you say resting comfortably? The defense also contended that heart disease and illicit drugs killed George Floyd, not use of force by Chauvin. Open your mouth, spit out what you got, spit out what you got. The defense played this police body cam video of a 2019 arrest of George Floyd, saying it showed how he could be affected by opioids. Scott Creighton, a former narcotics investigator with the Minneapolis Police Department, was the arresting officer. The passenger was um, unresponsive and non-compliant. Still, Floyd ultimately complied with police. The majority of jurors were paying very close attention to testimony today and were seen taking lots of notes. The defense is expected to move on to medical experts, but there is still no word whether Chauvin will testify on his own behalf. Nora? Jamie Ukas, thank you. Now here to Washington, a major announcement's coming from the president. Tomorrow, America's longest war is coming to an end in a matter of months, a war that cost the U.S. more than 2,000 lives and taxpayers trillions of dollars. CBS's Weijia Jiang has more from the White House. President Biden's decision to withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan is notable for the deadline he chose, September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the attacks that brought them there in the first place to track down Osama bin Laden. Mr. Biden had recently hinted that he would make this move, frustrated with a war that is now in its third decade. We will leave. The question is when we leave. But we are not staying a long time. The Trump administration made a deal to withdraw the 3,300 troops currently there by May 1st, but the president thought that was too soon. The White House said by September, al-Qaeda would no longer pose a threat to the U.S. homeland. Republicans slammed the decision. Precipitously withdrawing U.S. forces from Afghanistan is a grave mistake. Afghan officials, fearful of a resurgent Taliban, told CBS News a civil war was inevitable. Tensions are also rising on the border of Russia and Ukraine and in Crimea, where Vladimir Putin's forces have mobilized over 40,000 troops. It is of the size and scale and scope that is of great concern. On a phone call with Putin today, President Biden called on Moscow to de-escalate and proposed a summit in the coming months. 
Also tonight, a new threat from Iran. The regime has announced plans to increase uranium enrichment following a cyber attack at a nuclear plant, likely by Israel. The White House called the announcement provocative, but said the U.S. remains committed to reaching a nuclear deal with Iran. Nora. Weijia Jiang, thank you. And we have an update tonight on a story that we have followed extensively. Listen to this. The FDA plans to propose limits on arsenic, lead and mercury in baby food. This follows a congressional report that found some baby foods are tainted with toxic heavy metals. Right now, the government does not regulate most toxic metals in infant and baby foods. Looks like that change is now coming. All right. It's an emotional night at the U.S. Capitol. A departure ceremony was held to honor Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans, who was killed in the line of duty earlier this month. Earlier today, President Biden had a special message for his family. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. A final salute to U.S. Capitol Police Officer William Billy Evans. He became a martyr for our democracy. The ultimate honor to the 41-year-old father of two who loved playing Legos and lightsabers came from his 9-year-old son, Logan, donning a police cap, clutching his teddy bear. 7-year-old daughter, Abigail, wiped away her mother's tears. Losing a son, daughter, brother, sister, mom, dad, it's like uh, losing a piece of your soul. But it's buried deep, but it comes back. The 18-year veteran is the second Capitol Police officer killed in the line of duty since the January 6th riot. He died this month after a car rammed into a security barricade. The pain still fresh for surviving officer Ken Shaver, coping with yet another loss in a force struggling to heal. Nicole Killian, CBS News, the Capitol. And outside of the U.S., nowhere in the world has the pandemic been deadlier than in Brazil, where they are now digging graves around the clock. One of the most concerning variants of the virus has spread across the country, and hospitals are overflowing. CBS's Manuel Bajorcas is there tonight. Inside Vila Penteado Hospital in Sao Paulo is like so many in Brazil, beyond capacity, a health system on the brink. These are your most serious patients. Todos os pacientes graves... All intubated, all COVID, and all in, in very critical need of care here. Dr. Daniela de Jesus has been on the front lines for more than a year now, and this is the worst she's seen it. Driven, she believes, by a variant thought to be more contagious. In your experience, how many of these nine people in this one room will recover or not? Menos da metade. Menos da metade se recupera. Less than half will recover. These doctors and nurses just keep doing what they do. They have no other option. Here in Brazil, there have been more than 3,800 deaths in the last 24 hours. Manuel Bojorquez, CBS News, Sao Paulo. Tonight, there's been a major break in a 25-year-old mystery. A father and son are now in custody in connection with the 1996 disappearance and murder of college student Kristen Smart. Paul Flores has long been the prime suspect. Police say Flores, a college classmate, walked her home from a frat party in California. His father is accused of being an accessory after the fact. Police have searched his property in recent weeks, but Smart's body has never been found. 
Well, tonight, environmental groups and fishing communities are blasting Japan's decision to release treated but still radioactive water from the crippled Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean. The Japanese government calls it the best option for disposing of water from the plant, which was severely damaged 10 years ago by an earthquake and tsunami. The release will begin in two years. We've got a remarkable story now from Boca Raton, Florida. Yuri Shapshal and his 14-year-old son Sam were driving home on Sunday when they spotted an overturned car in a canal with a teenager stuck inside. Well, without hesitating, they jumped into the water and got a door open, and Sam climbed into the car and pulled another teenager out to safety. Well, tonight, father and son are being called heroes. I don't know many 14-year-olds that would do that, and um, I'm really, really proud of, of him. I think I could consider myself a hero because I saved someone's life, but the thing I care about the most is that he's out alive, which is most important to me. Well, a lot of people agree, and on Thursday, they'll be honored at the state capitol. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we'll take a close look at COVID long haulers, patients who develop chronic symptoms, including some who have damage to their vocal cords. Reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.